This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's show. Um, it's an exciting time in in hockey. I mean, it's it's draft week. This is awesome. I'm excited for it. Uh, I think the NHL is also equally excited that uh, a football game didn't get rescheduled to Tuesday night to try and overshadow their draft. But I'm I'm really excited because this is that weird time of the year where a lot of action can happen quickly. Uh, you can have a lot of trades happen quickly. You, obviously, we're going to have the draft, so we're going to have that going on. Uh, the story that came out this week was about Yarmo saying he almost expected there to be more activity after the draft than you normally see, which would be really cool. I'm I'm personally really excited for it. And we've got a great show tonight as far as, uh, and if you're listening to the podcast version, obviously you've got the great show for whenever you're listening to it. But but um, got a got an awesome guest uh, coming on from, from Dover Hockey Prospects there, and I'm super excited for that. But um, this week in, in hockey, I mean... It's kind of felt very, very quiet in a lot of ways. No, no big stories have broken yet, um, it, except for a couple of the buyouts, which we talked last week about the potential Alexander Wenberg buyout, which we're saying should definitely be happening. We're getting a lot of rumors, um, uh, a lot of things going on, which, which will be be interesting to see where they go um, from here. I will say. The the interesting thing I'm looking forward to, I mean, first of all, obviously draft night, getting to sit down, watch it, enjoy it. Uh, my my one critique I will say before we before we go into some things and and uh, we're, we're going to do things a little out of order this week because we're going to do the beer of the week early so that I can sip it and enjoy it while we're talking to our guest. Uh, but uh, it, Tuesday night, turn on the draft. It'll be on NH- our uh, NBC Sports Network. But I'm going to say my one pet peeve before we go to the beer of the week, which is that. I think the NHL is doing a massive disservice in that the rounds two through seven are all going to be on NHL network, which if you live here in the States, you know, isn't carried on everything or isn't carried on every little, you know, every sports package out there. Um, It's kind of hard to get in some places and it feels like a real disservice to your fans to have this thing where people can kind of enjoy it, kind of have it on, kind of enjoy what's going on, really waiting for the drafts or waiting for the uh, the trades to happen, that sort of thing. And and it was something I tweeted out earlier this week about how if the NHL really wants to grow the game, something simple they can do is be willing to either just break even or even take a little bit of a loss on NHL Network to get it on as many TVs as you can get. So that's my little thought on that. The beer of the week this week. It's one I have had before. It is Great Lakes Brewing, the Edmund Fitzgerald. It's a porter. It is perfect for this time of year when things start getting a little uh, little chillier there, that's for sure. Um, all right. It's a very thick beer. I very much enjoy this one. Quick story about this beer before we get to our guest. <laughs> I keep having to wait, but hey, I'm talking about beer. This is one of the first beers I ever drank where I thought, hey, I'm actually getting a taste for beer because I tasted it and there was something that I couldn't place in it. It was the first time I placed a flavor in a beer and it's chocolate of all things, which the Edmund Fitzgerald 
is a good beer. You get a little hint of dark chocolate in the back there. It's really good. I enjoy it a lot. But anyway, um, I'm going to do a quick uh, word from our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network, and then we'll be back with our uh, with this week's guest. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay don't took it that long. I I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you you only took it in in, uh, junior high. You didn't take it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but, uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. And now, everyone, welcome to the uh, stream here. Uh, writer for DoberHockey.com. He writes weekly the Journey uh, piece here on, on their website every Saturday. Uh, Mr. Dave Hall, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing really well. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for the, the draft. How about yourself? Oh, I can't wait. It's been four months of... Of just basically looking at the same thing, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to finally see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been you've been doing the the deep dives into this. I mean, are are you someone where you get you watch a lot of uh, like CHL games, or how do you how do you prepare for these kinds of things like the draft? Yeah, I kind of I I try to do what I can. I try to watch as much hockey as possible. I watch a lot of uh, a lot of clips. Uh, just you know, same as you guys, as YouTube. I have a couple sites that I use as well. But uh, yeah, I basically. I mean, it was kind of nice because the four months gave you a bit more time to just really take a little bit of a deep dive <laughs> on everyone. But uh, yeah, I'm ready for it to happen and to see, you know, if your gambles are right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm excited to, like you said, finally get to the draft here to see what's happening with it. Um, now, you put out your your mock draft for the week for the, the just recently here. Yep. Um, I mean, I, you've got out the obvious number one there at Alexis Lafreniere, which I think everybody does. Sure. Just your impressions. I mean, how good is this kid going to be? What are we looking at here in, in your mind? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, a lot of people get excited when, you know, we hear, you know, the consensus number one. And he's been like that for, you know, basically the whole year. And that's fair enough. I don't I don't see him as, you know, a potential, you know, generational game changer, but he's definitely going to be an extremely solid player, just versatile, you know, can play the wing. And uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see how he cannot be a top line guy for sure. Okay. That, yeah, well, that line I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as, you know, McDavid or Crosby or anything like that, but definitely a top guy for sure. 
that's what I've been hearing about him. He's not the number one where it's like he's a, a total franchise changer, but the idea of you can get a guy at number one that you can immediately stick in and he's going to be a top-end winger for your team. For sure. Especially for the team that's getting him, the Rangers, that's about perfect. I was going to say, you put him with Artemi Panarin and who knows what happens, you know, so... Yes, Jack is fans. That's something I'm not. The amount of number one overall picks that have come into the Metro in the last few years, I'm just. It's no. It's not fair. It's no good. So, in in your mind, I mean, what what players should Blue Jackets fans be thinking of as far as you know what names could they? I mean, I know obviously when you're trying to speculate at pick 21, it's it's a little bit of trying to read tea leaves there. But uh, who, what kind of names should they be listening for, or, or who's out there they should be paying attention to? Yeah, and you kind of nailed it on the head there. As I said, there is. The general one to three consensus picks. I mean, of course, some people have it a little bit differently, but generally there's the one to three. And then pretty much four to 11 is also pretty consensus, but it's a mixed bag. Uh, You know, pretty much pick your guy and it's going to probably change depending on who you ask. Uh, But then Columbus falls into that, you know, the interesting 11 to 25 kind of area where this is, as you can see in my article, I basically just call it, you know, the great debate. I mean, you can kind of just pick and choose and you don't really know where it's going to go. You have a general idea, but so it's, 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 it's almost, it's almost impossible to even talk like to think of who is going to go there just because, you know, the, it's just so it can go so many different ways, but I chose, at least in my mock draft, I have Maverick Bork uh, from uh, the the Quebec major junior league. He's just, you know, the, the one thing, that the Blue Jackets obviously kind of struggle with uh, is scoring. And at 21, you know, it's not always easy finding a goal scorer, but with Maverick Bork, that's pretty much what you can guarantee. I don't foresee him being, you know, the your top line 40 goal guy, but he can definitely put pucks in the net. So that's at least for, you know, how it went in my mock draft, how I definitely can see it. But there's kind of a handful of guys that you can kind of look for um, another guy that I would love if, you know, if he dropped down, I think that a guy like Tortorella would really like is uh, Connor Zeri from the WHL. I think he's he kind of plays that, you know, two way, you know, spark plug kind of game that I think, you know, at least, you know, John Tortorella would really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there's just a, there's a handful of guys. I don't know. Like if I don't think he'll drop this low, but if you want to go goal scoring again, a guy like Jacob Perot, um, you know, he's got. 40 goals you know it's not out of the question to see him score 40 goals he's probably has the second best shot in this whole draft class he's not a complete player so he's a bit of a risk in that department but you know if you want goal scoring there's that too basically any of the any forwards that you can that will drop to that one are going to be good I would probably pick a forward at this point I think they uh you know if there's one thing to be said about the Blue Jackets pipeline right now is that you know we have enough defense to to work with so (laughs) Yeah, it it's it seems to be. I mean, defense is definitely still the strength of this team. Yeah. Um, in that range, and and it's it's hard to tell because again, with with the draft, we're talking about kids that guys that may play in the next year, they may play in the next three years. Yeah. Do you see that kind of that twenty-ish range? There being players that may step in that Jackets fans may see next season, or are most of these guys going to need to spend another year ripening in the AHL or go back down to the CHL or what? What would you see out of that? Yeah, I, I don't for I mean, yeah, I don't know, especially with the, you know, the fact that they won't be able to go down to the AHL right away. I just I can pretty much bank on any of those guys that I have, you know, 
14, 13 on, or maybe, yeah, maybe even earlier. But yeah, 13 on is basically, you can pretty much guarantee at least a year of, of you know, uh, marinating down in likely the junior leagues. Now, as someone who's also just generally into hockey and, and yep. everything going around with it, I mean, do you see if, if this is a team where they're saying they want to, I mean, is that, would it be a good idea to move this pick? Or is this something where you think, no, the talent you're going to get out of this is going to be something that you're going to want for those years to come? Or is it like so many things, you just need the right deal? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if the right deal comes around, I mean, it, it's no secret that, especially at center, we, we need some some top six help and we have some pieces that we can move via defense or even goaltending which is a pretty hot topic right now but i don't know like just given the the uncertainty of who you're actually going to get at 21 i think if the right pick were to come around i don't see why not um i mean i'd go either way with it but yeah if the right pick were to come around and if that was the the deciding factor in a a pick for a high-end score or a high-end top six player then you know I'd, i'd definitely be in the conversation for sure now you mentioned the goalies. Now I'm, I'm, I'll put you on the spot because I, I like to make everyone have to say it. Yeah. If you were picking one of the two right now, and you're like, you know what, this is the one I want to keep. This is the one I'm fine trading. Who do you keep? Who do you trade? I mean, it's it's kind of uh, the same as same as my mock draft. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's it's. I find that a very interesting one A one B because they both shown signs of brilliance. They're both the, basically the same age. They are both very similar contracts. It's it's I don't know it, it, it's a very interesting situation. I I I personally I think I would keep Murs Lincoln's right now, but you know like my my decision could change tomorrow. To be honest, I think I think my guess is just like anyone's. I think I think it all depends on the circumstances of the trade and who we're looking for. I know Corpus Allo obviously has a lot more uh, experience in North America, so you know like people might enjoy that a little more, but. Merz Lincoln's been has been a top prospect for a long time, and there's a reason for it, you know. And he showed it in you know January why he's been that top prospect. So I like him, but I mean, I wouldn't argue if you said Corpus Allo. So right, no, I can I can see that. I mean, there's an argument that's made for either one of them. Yeah, uh, my thinking on it right now is I think you might get, I think you might get more for Corpus Allo for two reasons. One, he's got the lower cap number. Two. He's uh, after that that playoff performance. I think there might still be some recency bias you can play on in yeah, yeah. in some of these general managers and trying to make those trades because I saw Corpusalo with his eighty save game or whatever the whatever that ridiculous five over team overtime game gave him there. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. And yeah. so there you go. You've almost just in that you've almost changed my mind already. Like I, it's, <laughs> it's, that, it's that close. Yeah, it's almost like, well, if he's that good, maybe we want to keep him. And then, yeah, yeah just. I mean, <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with keeping them both too. I mean, if the trade's there, great. But if not, then you're happy to go into the season with one A, one B. Yeah. Now, just in generally and how how you view hockey and everything. So I've heard some people. I've seen these discussions going on with Blue Jackets fans uh, about you know in getting that high end score because you talk about trying to get another center on there in the top six. Yeah. In your mind, is it something where we just need another guy who's that top six quality? Does it specifically need to be a center in your mind? Where where would you fall on that? Well, I think I think the interesting thing with Columbus and yeah, I think the interesting thing is that, you know, they have John Tortorella as their coach. So I think, you know, just just the, with the system that they play, I I think they play a kind of a game where you don't necessarily have to be top six because you'll 
you'll get minutes and you know he likes to shuffle and mix mix lines and whatnot so i don't think it generally needs to be you know an elite level goal scorer but i just think you know they they, need, they just need a catalyst to be able to put that puck in the net that's not zakarensky you know so if they could go out and get a guy like for me if i were to think of a, a free agent offhand to go for it like if you can you know find the find the money for him is mike hoffman you know like take a little bit uh take a little bit pressure off of you know let's say an emil benstrom to score those 40 goals <laughs> which <laughs> everyone thought he was going to come in and do and you know take some pressure off and put some pucks in the net because ultimately that's that's kind of what at least for me what they need okay so you're you're on the you're on the hoffman camp i've seen definitely some people talk about hoffman being a a good piece to bring in. I can I can see that definitely. Uh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just gonna say, don't get me wrong. I'm not generally like super high on Mike Hoffman. His, you know, he's he's a great scorer, but that's pretty much what he is for me. Um, but I just think, you know, if you can get him at a good deal, I think he's making just under six right now. You know, if you can get him for something under that, I, you know, again, it's just added benefit. Why not him? Him and PLD on the first line is you know pretty nice. So. Now, if I mean, in my mind, if it's if they do nothing this offseason except re-sign their RFAs to longer deals, like if they can get Josh Anderson on a long-term deal, sure. Do you think that it would kind of satisfy that 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 need for the big scorer, or do we are we not? How sure are you in what you think of Josh Anderson? Especially after having a weird year like he did. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you cannot like Josh Anderson. I mean, he's got a little bit. For everyone, you know, depending on what type of player you like, if you like an offensive guy, he's got it. If you like that, you know, the guy that's going to go into the dirty areas and grind those pucks out, he's that, you know, he's, he's got it all. So, I mean, the only thing that's the issue is the injuries. So I, I think if they can get him signed, yeah, for sure. Keep, like, I think that will definitely help. I still think, I still think they might need a little bit more, just maybe like one more piece, especially at the middle, like, you know, for, you know, they got they got PL, uh sorry Dubois, which is great, but after that they kind of they kind of dwindle off, you know. Like you got Stenlin right there, that's great, but you know, can he be a top or a second line center? Probably not. Um, you got Wenberg, we all know what's happening with that. I don't know. I just think I think uh, one more center would be good. I mean, you have Luke, Luke Liam Foodie coming in who can play center, but also he probably isn't very good for that second line center position right now. Right. So you. So do you think Foodie like long term might be the right guy at second line center or just just now he needs to grow into it? What I really like Foodie on the wing. Okay. To be completely honest. I mean he'll he can definitely do it. And if you know, if there's anyone, any young kid, I, I feel like he's he's it. He's super he's very responsible, you know, a great two way player. So I feel like he's got, you know, the all the tendencies to be able to do it. But if you can stick him on the wing, I think that's where he's gonna be most effective. So if you can fill that second line center. I, in my opinion, go for it because I think Foodie is much more, uh, he's much more dangerous on the wing. All right. Let me throw at you my, the guy that I, it seems like every offseason I get a guy in my head where I'm like, go after this guy, go, go really get him and, and bring him in. Yep. The guy I'm at on this year right now seems to be Max Domi. And yep. I, I, I've heard rumors about him. You know, they've heard rumors and sometimes the Canadians seem to be interested in dealing him, sometimes not. In my mind, if you can get him, without losing your core and and by core i mean even if you have to trade like the rights to josh anderson and then maybe throw a couple things on top of it to get you there mm-hmm. uh, do you think max domi fits in well with this team i mean just in your general opinion yeah. on everything yeah why not 
Yeah, D- Domi's. I think Domi fits in everywhere. He's one of those players, just like Josh Anderson, obviously a bit of a different style and obviously a size difference, but he's also just a guy that can kind of bring you everything. So, yeah, I, I, I love that. Yeah, I, I, he's he's one of the guys, I, I don't know, it seems like every year I get somebody in my head that's a center. I'm like, go go after this one, go finish this one or, or find a way to get him, even if it costs you maybe that first round pick or whatever, but... But they and that's the thing, like he does play center too. So to have Domi as your second line center, I think that's great. You know, like if you know Josh Anderson is a great player too, but we need center. Need yeah. center. Yeah. In, in my head, when I'm when I'm playing on cap friendly, I I, I play around and I'm like, okay, well, who could we fit? If you could get Domi, if you could get PLD one, Domi two, you're you're gonna and have them on decently length contracts. I think this team would be in good shape for for a few years. Um, yeah, and, and you know who I keep going in kind of my version. So I have two kind of Domi versions in my head. So one of them, and I get a lot of flack for it, is Jesse Pulleyarvi. Even though he doesn't play center, I, okay. I, I'm, I, I like, I, I like him. <laughs> I think he's, you know, I, I don't think he's the player that um, everyone makes him out to be. I think he's a lot better. I think he was just put in a bit of a situation. And I, you know, I think even though there's been talks about him going back to Edmonton, does he want to? I don't know. I just think his upside is still extremely high. And if we could get him for, you know, Edmonton needs some defense. They also need a goaltender, you know, like we, we Columbus has that. Yeah. I mean, if you think he still has a, a ceiling that's worth it where this guy could be, I mean, do you think his ceiling is still top six forwards? I personally do. I know that there's been, you know, some some naysayers on there, but I mean, I know it's it's not NHL, but he, you know, clicked at a point per game last year. He's had 24 points in the preseason this year. Like, I know points aren't everything, and he does have a bit of uh, you know liabilities on him. But I just think if you were to be able to get a little him for a little cheaper, I think he'd be a great addition, and you know, a little bit of a low risk, high reward kind of player. So. Yeah, no, I can see that. And and I think something that we forget a lot in hockey is, especially in the States, hockey fans, they see in all these other sports, guys get drafted. Like if somebody's drafted in the first round of the NBA draft or the first round of the NFL draft, they're going to step in and be a big contributor the very first game they play. I mean, that's the, the expectation is they're a contributor day one. Yeah. But I mean, probably one of the best players to ever put on a Blue Jacket sweater in Artemi Panarin didn't play in the NHL till he was, what, 26? 26, I mean, yeah. that. I mean, I can see that idea with Jesse Pugliarvi, and you're right. If you can get him for by low, that I I could see that we we kind of talked about on the show last week this because there was also the trade rumors going on with Patrick Line, and I thought wouldn't it be hilarious if you get the two, three, and four picks from that year's draft on one line <laughs> together? But <laughs> I don't yeah, know if I'd want to do that. The, the Line A stuff. Um, I, what, what's, what's your opinion? Because that's been a rumor nope. that's been going around too. The Blue Jacks being in on Line A. Are you on that? Are you on that? What, what what's your view? No, I'm I'm probably about as far away from that that trade as you can get. I just, uh, yeah, he he. I've been saying they need goal scoring, and obviously he brings that. But I I just I feel like Line A being coached under Tortorella is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> and I just I don't know. I just I feel um, I, I don't feel like that trade is going to happen with anyone else but a Zacharensky and a Seth Jones in the mix. And I just. Why, why bother? Like Zach Wierenski scores half of, you know, half of what line a will score. And I just line has got too many issues. I, you know, I, I don't know him obviously, so I'm not going to judge him on his character, but it just, there's just too many question marks for me to even bother. 
I, I just, I, I, th- I feel like you can get that production from somewhere else. And obviously his name, you know, it stands out. And as soon as you see him, it's in, you're instantly excited, but I just, I think the price is going to be far too high. And I just, I just don't agree with it. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm there with you on, I mean, if you have to pay Orensky, it's not worth it. No, not at and, all. And on top of that, I mean, if, if Winnipeg has this great dynamic goal scorer, why do they want out of it? Um, especially yeah. since he's going to have one more deal under team control so they could sign him long-term if they wanted. And, and I've seen a lot of analysis where it's like, yes, he's a, he's a really good scorer, but there's a lot of things that might be contingent on who he's playing with. And, and you know, he's, he's getting opportunities because of who he's out there with. And, and he's a great shooter. I just, I, I mean, early in his career, there, was these, there were these early comparisons that he was the next Ovechkin. And I <laughs> think it's not that. I think it's, he's yeah. a great shooter but he's not as good as Ovechkin is at it. And then his other parts of the game may not be as, as good either. So I, I can see, yeah, not, I don't want to give up something big for him. If you get him on a, he'll be good in stretches, you know, he'll score 10 goals in three games, but then you won't even notice he's there for, you know, 20 games. I don't know. I just, yeah, like I said, I just, for, for the, for the price, I'd, I'd stay far away. I'd much rather try to go for a Hoffman or something like that, you know, where I don't have to give up Wierenski. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and then going back to our previous deal to get either Yessi Pugliarvi or Max Domi, I don't think you're going to have to give up Zach Wierenski to do it. So no, no. And so that's you know what another guy, there, another guy that I keep on thinking that I, I like Philip Deneau. He he on Montreal if we're if we're going to Montreal, so there's Domi, but Philip Deneau, I feel like he he's he's I think he's one of the most underrated centers in the game. And has offensive upside. And I feel like he plays a perfect system for what the, the Blue Jackets would run. And I just feel like he would be a nice fit on that second line center. I, I feel like he'd be able to, to own that, that second line and, you know, pr- and help out. Yeah, I, I can see that because where the Blue Jackets are at, we are, we've got all these wingers who have promise, who look like they could be really good. Um because I mean, you're right. If you have PLD in the you know on one, Dano on two, then you have you know your first line. You have Texier up there, but say you put Foodie on the second line with with Dano, or you put yep. Cam, or you put I mean, I mean just just whoever you can think of at that point. I think it does make them better. Because um, I mean, this year the center lines we were the centers we were rolling out there. It was what Boone Jenner is our number two, <laughs> yeah. which Boone Jenner is a good hockey player, but yeah. he's the best thing I can think of is they were talking about how uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning this year kept having to add what they called sandpaper guys to get them yep. over the hump. We're in the opposite situation. We've got the sandpaper guys. <laughs> we now need the the big time goal scorers. We need the Braden Pointer. We need somebody to make it so that the the goal scorers can get there. Because honestly, yeah. if you put Philip Deneau on there and give us and put him on the line with, um, put him on the line with the like Bjorkstrand. Yep, that's going to make. Bjorkstrand a lot better. Yep. I, I can see that really being a thing. And I mean, Deneau's gonna gonna contribute what he does on it. And it, it might also help with with the phrase I've heard, which is it may be the time it may be time for the Blue Jackets to not be the youngest team in the league. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> Philip Deneau may help with that a little bit. So yeah. And what what do you th- what do you think about Mikhail Granlin? UFA, bad season last year, probably gonna sign for a little bit less because of that. But did only have one bad season, you know. Like Granlund, I find interesting. Um, 
the guy who's quickly becoming the the analytics darling of Craig Smith, I find interesting. <laughs> At this point, I think there are so many. I, I think between both of them, uh, you could have you have upgrades over what we have now. Yeah, and and I think to make all this work, one thing that I think is a no brainer you do is you buy out Winberg tomorrow or as soon as you can because it yeah. just. And I am fully mentally prepared that we're going to buy out Winberg and then he's going to go somewhere else and be great. Yep. But I don't, at this point I can't, I don't care anymore. (laughs) I've, I've, that I've, I have, you know, fallen for that trick too many times already. So. Yep. I I can deal. I think, I think the fix here is you go and you find a center. And like you said, if it's a Philip Deneau, if it's a Craig Smith, if it's any one of these guys, they're going to be upgrades over what we have it too. Sure. So. Yeah. I mean that, I, yeah, I just as long as they stay away from more bottom six role players and just get a little bit of help. I would, if anything, just help out guys like Emil Bemstrom. I, last year frustrated me for Emil Bemstrom only because we just didn't have anyone. Obviously, injuries played a massive part in it, but the you know I would have just loved after he was struggling for a bit to let him go down to the minors for a bit, get some confidence, score some goals. Because it was just, you know, it was, it was tough watching it because he has this potential, you know, he had that boom bust potential. But he had, he just, he has a lot of pressure on him. You know, he was the top scorer in the SHL the year before. People think he's the savior coming in, and you know, it's just a lot of pressure, you know, to score all those goals. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, it, the Blue Jackets for a while have felt like the answers might be here, and they just need to get older and more experienced. Yep except I don't know if the answer at center is like you said, foodie might be. And now we start asking the question of, okay, well we're about to sign PLD to either a bridge deal or a big long term extension. Yeah. How many of those years do we want to use up with somebody getting used to being the second line center? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the thing. And whereas if you get a Max Doby or a Philip to if you go get one of those players, I mean, even if you get to know for the one year he's got left on his deal, and in that year, you either, you know, you can kind of get another deal with it maybe, or that's the year where Foodie gets better and more comfortable. That would be something. It, it really feels like there needs to be a big investment in that that forward group. And I mean, it, it, where it's tricky is the one thing where Yarmo hasn't always done great is his free agents. Cause I mean, we've got, I mean, Riley Nash has been fine as like a third to fourth line ish center, but he's not, that's not what you want. So. And that goes back to what I'm saying. Stay away from the role players. There's yeah. enough of them. There we yeah. have. They're they're all the way down to the ECHL. We got them. Yeah. So, <laughs> we've yeah. We are, we've got all that. We've got all the sandpaper. We need. We need a, a. I don't even know where that that metaphor goes at that point. Does it become a hammer or a chisel or whatever yeah. it is? But totally. That's where um, we are. But 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 Dave, it has been great having you on. Uh, I really enjoyed it here. Um, if anybody wants to find your stuff, it's at uh, DoverHockey.com. What's your what's your Twitter again? If people want to follow you, uh, follow you there. Twelve eighty nine. All so right. H A L L twelve eighty nine. All right. Well, thank you very much for being on, and uh, and we appreciate it. Hope to talk to you again soon. That was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We just finished a really exciting season of hockey here in Columbus, and the future is bright with all these awesome young players, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Alexander Texier, Liam Foody, Elvis Merce-Lincolns, but now you've got a new problem. How do you get jerseys for these guys? Well, we've got you hooked up. CoolHockey.com slash THPN. 
And since CoolHockey.com doesn't outsource jerseys for customization like competitors, they're able to offer the best deals, best quality, and pricing and time on your delivery. So remember, when you need a new jersey, CoolHockey.com slash THPN for our exclusive discount there. Remember to use the discount code THPN, CoolHockey.com slash THPN. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap up the show here. It's been a lot of fun this week. Um, again, thanks for our guest, Dave Hall, there. Uh, again, this Great Lakes Brewing Company, the Edmund Fitzgerald, this is some good stuff. I am a big fan. Uh, it's great for these um, It's great for these October days like we're having now where it's kind of cool and chilly, uh, but you want you want a beer, but you're like, eh, I, you know how summer beers are. There's that light crispness in there. It's good for then, but for now, no, 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 no. Um, it's great for days like today where the, where, uh, Hey, it's a fall Sunday and the Browns win, which is, uh, beyond bizarre for me at this point. I, I was, if, if you watched it at all, it was one of those games. It felt like, so imagine, you know, the blue jackets playing game where they were up on the Leafs three, nothing. And then the Leafs come back and win. Imagine that game today, except that the blue jackets had then won in overtime. That's what the Browns game was like today. They took a huge lead. They nearly blew it, and then they were, and then they 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 didn't blow it. It was it was incredible. It was mind blowing. You fully expect the Browns to do that kind of stuff, but they didn't this week, which was great. So I'm doing that. I'm enjoying with the uh, celebrating with the Edmund Fitzgerald here. Um, one other story I want to talk about this week because uh, you guys know that I tend to fall into these things where I like to talk about uh, uh, hockey, hockey media and stuff. It's a big thing that I really enjoy. It was another uh, story from the folks at Front Office Sports here. Uh, ESPN wants back in on NHL TV rights after hockey hiatus. We've talked about this for a while. Um, I have said pretty conclusively that if the if NHL wants to grow in the United States, they want to get back on ESPN. And I understand a lot of people are canceling TV and they're getting off that stuff, but even then ESPN drives the sports conversation in this country between their online presence, between their Twitter personalities, between their shows and everything else. They drive the the sports conversation in this country. And if you can get them talking about any real amount of hockey, you do it. And you do that by getting on their networks. Now this goes into uh, a little bit of the detail on it. Um, essentially saying that NBC really wants to keep them, but the story is the NHL really wants to be on at least two networks. It also mentions Fox and CBS is potentially trying to get in on it. That's possible. I mean, CBS at this point, because they've lost the SEC, maybe they have some more sports media money they want to spend somewhere. If I'm the NHL, what I want to do is I want to have a multi-network relationship where you have NBC maybe still as your premier partner because they really value you in some ways. Uh, again, I know in other ways they really haven't, but you keep them on, you, you know, you give them your game of the week on Sundays, uh, you give them the Stanley Cup final, and then you have a second network like ESPN, and I think ESPN is the right way to go with it, where they have their own game of the week maybe, or like a Tuesday night game or the Wednesday night game or something like that, and then they get... Like in the first round, they get three of the playoff series, three of the eight. And then in the second round, they get one of the four. And then maybe they get one of the two conference finals, which would be cool for two reasons. One, it would allow the NHL to it would it would 
it would be really great so many times in the first round, especially when it's on traditionally, not the way it was this year. Of course, even more so the way it was this year. You'll have a game going to overtime, and then it's like, oh, that game's on NHL Network or the NBC Sports app. Well, if you have some games, now that may still happen, but if you have a decent amount of games showing on ESPN, you won't have that problem too much here. So it's just a thought, um, and, and maybe you'd get better deals out of what's going on like with the draft this week because like NBC could have round one and then ESPN could, or then NBC ESPN could put rounds two through seven on ESPN plus, or they'd put it on ESPN news for the night or something. It would allow you to get something out there that has more coverage than an NHL network. Anyway, guys, um, it's been great talking with you uh, again. Really enjoyed the episode of this week. Hope you all look forward to the uh, draft. I'm very much looking forward to it, but thank you very much. Good night. And go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief. And thank you for listening.